If you're still on the hunt for a sports book to call home, bet the nonstop action of March Madness with MyBookie. Enter bracket contests for a chance to take home prizes of up to $25,000 or pick from a huge selection of straight bets, props, and odds boosts. Whatever your style, MyBookie makes it easy to play your way and get paid. Sign up now and take advantage of our generous welcome offer to score a massive first deposit bonus of up to $1,000. All you have to do is claim promo code MADNESS50. But the fun doesn't stop there. Get up to the minute odds, free bets, and expert predictions to help you decide who to put your money on. The best part about MyBookie? You can bet on anything, anytime, from anywhere. Use promo code MADNESS50, that's MADNESS50, to secure your limited-time welcome bonus today. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Capital City. This is the Jeff Cameron Show brought to you by Orange Theory Fitness on Real Talk 93.3. Now stop what you're doing and listen closely. It's time for the Jeff Cameron Show in five, four, three, two, one. Jeff Cameron Show 93.3 Real Talk Radio War Chat TV. Good to have you on board. Thanks for being along. I'm Jeff. That's Tom. Director Matthew in the house as well. You know, we didn't get an opportunity to take a good look at the draft in that last hour. I did not mention it as much. I thought the Bucks did good, by the way, Tom, real quick in that second round, uh, getting the kid out of North Dakota State, who I like. And those who would know, who have an affinity for it, it's a niche thing. Mm-hmm. North Dakota State, South Dakota State's the defending champion at that level. But that kid carries 305 like it's 260. He's missing teeth, and he's a redhead, and he held his party. This is what I put on Twitter, but, I mean, it's true. His watch party was at clearly the local tavern. <laughs> Which is awesome. I was like, I love this dude. There we go. That guy is going to be on the ring of honor. Started 37 games, uh, and then he also played left and right tackle and guard. Can play all of those positions. I'm good to go with it. Like the durability, all of it. He is uh, 6'5", 300 plus, and a little crazy. Cool. Came to them as a tight end, converted. I like that, too. Mm-hmm. means he's got good some feet. Yes. Good, good athleticism feet. to him. The Cansey pick was fine. I did laugh aloud that uh, the Yancey pick, however you say his last name, uh, made me laugh because uh, he's a defensive tackle that, and we talked about this last week, but a defensive tackle that uh, played a pit. Oh, he must be like Aaron Donald. Well, easy, easy, everybody. If he is, wonderful. Oh, well, if he is, goodness gracious. That'll speed up the timeline for which the Bucks are relevant. Did you see the tweet from Jim Ursay before night two of the draft? 
It's always a fun one if it's Jim Irsey. Brace yourself. He's also gone copper brown. Mm-hmm. Bill Mickelson copper brown. Oh, with, yeah. With the hair. And the, oh, yeah. yeah. Somebody, yeah. I think, tagged us in, in that. Jim's a big fan of drugs. Has been busted with them. I was talking about just for men. I'm just saying Ursay's a big fan of drugs. I, I don't know if copper brown is some kind of code for. Yeah. Hey, I like the drugs. Drugs. Mm-hmm. But he tweeted uh, an hour or two before round two. Hey, Colts fans, what do you think about us taking Will Levis and getting the the uh, the dynasty of Montana and Young started? <laughs> so they're not even 24 hours into hyping up Anthony Richardson as the number four overall pick that he's saying, hey, why don't we RG3 Kirk Cousins this thing and uh, make it into Montana Young? Oh, my start the dynasty. gracious. The Will Levis stuff that has leaked out now, you know, we talked last week. I always find this part to be fascinating, and I just wish I could be in the room. There are so many tests that don't get talked about. You know, you always have the three or four, whether they be physical tests or evaluations, uh, mental tests, those kinds of things, cognitive tests, I should say. Uh, you these things get talked, the Wonder Lake and these things get talked about for years and years and years. And we all know these set of what, four or five numbers. And it's really dependent on the position you play. You know, you look at a shuttle time more than you do the Wonder Lake if, if it's a different type of player, if it's a, if you're looking at a wide receiver, for example. But the Levis stuff that began to leak out about why he would fall that far. Now, you have to admit, when a player is, in the eyes of some, going to be drafted maybe number one, could be number two, no worse than number four, and falls out of the first round, immediately your spidey senses get moved. You know, something's up. Something is up. What did they find out about this kid? What got weird was that what they found out was he's just not likable. <laughs> he's just not a likable guy at all. People are like, yeah, it kind of sucks. <laughs> the more I read, I'm giving you the consensus on this now. There is some rumor out there that Kuiper floated that about his toe, that there was a problem with the toe. This would have already come up. Kuiper can get you a toe, dude. Yeah. For all of the pre-draft hype, if a guy's got a physical issue that has some team scared away, you're going to hear of it. You're going to hear people talking incessantly uh, the knee could be a problem. We, they're not real sure. Oh, the shoulder. He's had a couple of shoulder issues. The back, he had back surgery. I mean, there's always, I mean, that is the thing, right? When teams won't pass you, others do. Who's right? This great debate. It's the most important position on the field. You heard nary a whisper about a toe going into this draft. Kuiper later on as the kids sliding down the board. Would they pay him to do him a solid? Well, I heard some toes. Were toe issues for some teams toe issues no as it turned out the more people wrote about it they said in his interviews people hated him you want to talk about hurting your feelings imagine sitting there that camera on you all throughout the draft night you're falling just steady falling down the board the camera catches every time you look over to your girlfriend or your mom and everybody else about what's happening here and then you begin to read online on your phone yeah Heard he's an ass. Nobody likes him. Worried about the locker room. He's kind of a jerk. (laughs) That's the worst. That's a personal attack. That's so much different than we're worried about a shoulder. We're worried about, you know, he had the glute. He had the glute in college. Dumb as a post. Yeah. (laughs) When when they're like, yeah, man, that guy, 
Those interviews were weird. Not just because he likes to put mayonnaise in his coffee, which he did admit to and thought was funny and isn't. What could you say in an interview that has you projected top 10 fall out of the first round? That's, that's the bit we could do on the air. What did Will Levis say to teams that drove him out of the top five to out of the first round? Usually in that situation, if you're going to shock people the wrong way, it's not with more words. It's fewer words and alarmingly unaware. That's the one. The alarmingly unaware is, is what I think is probably accurate here. It's dropping a hey dude to the owner or something <laughs> like that. Hey, bro, can you get me a refill? You know, it's something like that. I mean, it's. I would, I would, it will come out. I think it'll come out. I think we'll, we'll find out that, you know, beyond he said some really strange things, uh, the eating the banana with the peel still on. Uh, I don't even know why that comes up. It's not funny. It's not witty. It's not interesting. It's weird. It's probably not true. The mayonnaise and coffee. I, I don't know, uh, whatever, but that didn't seem to me like you'd fall out of the first round. But if somebody says they have mayo in their coffee, don't you already have this instinct that says this guy sucks? Yeah, I, I do. I do. You, can you, feel you, that. you and like, me. Oh, yeah. You man. can feel the level of annoyance. Now imagine getting stuck in a golf cart with him and a shotgun. Mm. Yeah, I that's mean, what the organizations felt. That silence. I, I, let me time that. That was about one point one seconds. That's what those organizations felt. They said, Ooh. So what I, I yes, to your point, with any of the players that get dropped in a severe manner because of quote unquote the interview process, I instantly think that there's a lack of self awareness, and or we're going to find out. You know, and I, I think the thing to usually assume is that something comes out where the person said something crazy, you know, criminal or racist or bizarre, right? You know, something that where you would say, oh, this ain't going to play in the locker room. We're going to have a real problem here. Or the lack of self-awareness in and of itself is enough where you go, okay, okay, this guy has no clue. But seems like that would have also come out at some point. He was a very high-profile player throughout last year at Kentucky. I mean, he was talked about every week. Yeah. It could be pick a market. What's a market that needed the quarterbacks in, in, a, in Houston? Right? So yeah, yeah. What do you think of Houston? And then he said something. And, crazy. and he says something like you'd say about Houston when you know the PR team would. I love Houston. What an amazing city! The way they embraced JJ Watt, the Oilers back. Yeah, the, in the things day. you know what you have to say going Boy, in. Rabbit Sports Fan Town, the Astros. Yeah, this place sucks. These people suck. You know, that might have been his answer in a team in a meeting with the organization where you got to embrace and lean into it. Yeah, your team kind of sucks. I don't know if I want to play for you. The Jeff Cameron Show PR firm would have the we really need to do this. It would be the easiest job for every one of these candidates. There's a way that you yay and nay these questions and, and the way you answer even the setups like teams will set players up to see if you take the bait, to see if you're too stupid to figure out that they were setting you up. But, you know, hey, Will, here's the deal. When when Houston interviews you, they're going to ask you what you think about the city. Have you ever been? Have you ever been, Will? I'm asking you now as your PR rep. Have you been to Houston? I'm bored, bro. I'm going to go lift. 
I think that was probably the answer. Yeah, uh, Ford probably. He's the Bryson live. DeChambeau of oh, the NFL quarterback room. Goodness gracious! Nobody wants to play with him. Meanwhile, and I would say this: I thought that Detroit did well to get Hinden Hooker as late as he did. As they, you know, I think Hinden Hooker going in the third round is a good deal for him. Doesn't have to start. Has the ACL to deal with. Bring him along slowly. Love the guy's workout, work ethic. Everything they talked about with how he transformed in his college career went from not having a clue at Virginia Tech to being very good last year. He's got a really good and awful quarterback in front of him and the same guy, Jared Goff. <laughs> so you know that there's going to be a three-week point in which Jared Goff is the worst player in football. So there'll be an opportunity for him to get a, a freebie of a start, see how it goes once he's finally healthy. Perfect. Low leverage. A right. Mayo and coffee sounds really good, Charlie Weiss. <laughs> oh, man. Jim Rome would have blocked you for that. I forgot about that. I'm going to Burger King. I will tell you that, um, well, I root for a guy like Hinn and Hooker who gets injured that late in their career, that sucked. Seeing him hobbling around in that moment, damn it, man. <laughs> I'm just sorry. I'm getting caught up in the chat. I got to stop. There's a General Zod reference in there. I saw it. I knew you'd appreciate that. That's the old school General Zod, not the one that was played by your boy from Boardwalk Empire. I, I, I didn't see that. You know, the guy with the giant chin, the agent. Who ends oh, up? Yeah, he yeah, ends yeah. up finding the gray area in yeah, life. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he plays General Zod in the in the remake with Russell Crowe. It, it, the performance is about as good as it, you would think it is. You sound so bitterly disappointed. Oh, just that's rough. I like that you've always had a thing for the whole Star Trek deal from beginning to where Star we, Trek. Isn't it Star Trek? No, that that's a Superman movie. Oh, yeah. Sorry, you know. <laughs> I don't know anything about superhero movies. But I'm in I'm in on you Star Trek. You are in on Star Trek, uh, yep, yeah. Yep. I'm in on the sci-fi. We can do the sci-fi game. I'm selective in the comic book world. Not not a huge comic book guy. Not huge. I, you could sit there and name characters from every one of the Marvel movies and or DC movies. Is that the same? What is it? What, what are the different ones? Marvel and DC. I got that right. You did. You nailed yeah. it. You could you could go through and name characters. Not a huge Marvel guy. That is that's the hot take in, in today's world. People would would drop their whatever. Who's under the Marvel umbrella? The Avengers, um, right. Guardians of the Galaxy is the best of the. That, yeah, yeah, that's that, funny. I, yeah. I I love the. I only saw the one, the first one, it's and good. it was good. It was good. It was yeah. really good. That's the the Groot. Thor. Yeah, yeah. Thor's in no, that. I don't care anything about Thor. No. Thor's actually kind of funny because it doesn't take itself seriously. So Flash is coming out. Flash is DC. That's DC. But that's but that, has, are, that somehow that has Michael Keaton as they, Batman in it because they they got alternate timelines. They are leaning heavily on Michael Keaton old school fandom for people to go try and help the DC universe, which is really struggling. Hasn't rebounded all that well since the Christian Bale Batman's, which were good, which were really good. That's like the only ones I like. Christopher Nolan, yeah, who's exactly. a beast. Yeah, yeah. If the guy who does Dunkirk is doing your movie, you're gonna be all right. <laughs> <laughs> You might, he might have gotten be Dunkirk right. because of the Batman movies. Yeah, he was that was fantastic. I I think that all of the superhero movies, which most of them are terrible and a waste of your time, infantile. But I would say that if you make them really dark, yeah, 
all of them really dark? Because it seems to me they should all be born out of some sort of darkness. That right? that is what DC efforts to do more than Marvel. I, I would say that that that's why DC, in theory, should be better. But I'll leave that discussion at that point. I'm going to talk some FSU here in a second. There's no easy way to segue that. <laughs> I'm done insulting all of the superhero stuff, space and running around, zooming and shooting lasers. That's all I see when I see previews. I'm like, ah, I can't find it. I'm trying to find the darkness. Well, here's what you can find. The next time that you go to Epcot and you decide to go have a beverage around the world, mm. everybody's got their hot spots in there. Yeah. The Guardians of the Galaxy roller coaster. It doesn't matter that it's a superhero. It's but a I like coaster. Guardians of the Galaxy, which, by the way, seems like a comedy to me. That roller coaster, whoops. But What's so good about it? I love roller coasters. What's the thing? It's incredibly smooth, first of all. Sometimes those things can be herky-jerky yeah, and a little yeah, painful. Yeah. yeah. And it's just, you don't know which way it's going to go. And so it's a very unexpected. Get any upside-down action? Yeah. Oh, that's where it's at. Mm-hmm. loop de do is an upside-down. It, it is as smooth as, you feel like you're kind of floating and flying. In a All couple right, of I'm in. You got me. Yeah. I'll do it. Plus, I like that movie. Jeff yep. Cameron, Show 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV. Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Welcome back to The Jeff Cameron Show, sponsored by Legendary Home Loans, a mortgage experience designed around speed, simplicity, and customer service. Before you buy your next home, contact our friend Shannon Young with Legendary Home Loans. Visit FSUHomeLoans.com, FSUHomeLoans.com. Ira Chappelle will join us here in about eh, five minutes or so. In the interim, I do want to make mention of a couple of things here involving Florida State players or even former Florida State players. Uh, You saw where Cam McDonald signed as an undrafted free agent to the Green Bay Packers. Wish Cam McDonald well. Always enjoyed talking to Cam. Always thought he looked like an NFL tight end. Didn't play like an NFL tight end here, but had his moments, right? Glimpses here and there. He was one of those guys that if he were just a tad faster, just a tad more consistent catching the ball, just a slightly better blocker, like you could always sense it was right there, barely on the cusp. It really does show you the difference between being a very, very good athlete and an elite, elite athlete. And he was just a very, very good athlete here. Looked the part, really smart kid, hard worker. I've got no problems with Cam McDonald. Wish him well. Hopefully he makes the roster in Green Bay. Be a fun place to play football if you could make the roster. Uh, the Houston Texans, meanwhile, was it the Texans? No, I've got that wrong. Oh, I know what it was. Miami signed James Blackman, former Noel, who at this point feels like he should be 40? Well, it's it, it feels like every year takes five years in that lean time for Florida State. Every year was excruciating to get through. Felt so, bad for him. Always did yeah. feel really bad for him. Pokey uh, Wilson, by the way, picked up by the Chargers. We're James Blackman in so many ways. You're right. Because you've got your yeah. coach hyping you up. And you're a freshman who's been out of high school for an hour. you got the center on the team saying there's something special about this kid before he even takes a snap. And so there's these expectations 
as though he's going to be Jameis Winston. Ridiculous. Yeah, it was tough. That was uh, brutal to see happen, and I uh, hated it for him. I mentioned Pokey went to the Chargers, by the way. Hopefully Pokey makes it, man. He's electrifying in big games, I'll tell you that. He's got speed to burn, so that usually plays well. We'll see. Maybe he'll make it. Chargers receivers are oft injured, too. He might have a chance in week two. Be on a practice squad and then get called up yeah, or something like absolutely. that. Yeah, absolutely. You're right. Um, Xavier Smith, the wide receiver at FAMU, he got picked up by the Rams, by the way. I wanted to mention that as well, which is awesome. Uh, I was trying to think. I went through. I Big was, Coop went to the Seahawks. You know, the thing with Big Coop, and I want to circle back here for a second because I do want to bring up James Blackman again. I want to make another point about that. Um, Big Coop played all of last year. Tom and I have talked about this a lot, but we had to kind of dodge it during the season. He was never right. He was never right, and he had a dominant camp going before whatever happened to his shoulder happened. Uh, he was, for a while, they're almost unblockable. You can tell he was motivated. It was a money year. Low center of gravity, big, strong guy. If you know, if he could go all out for, say, 15 to 17 plays, you thought there's real value there. And he is somebody who loves being a knoll. He got so many questions in the draft process of, you were recruited by Georgia and Alabama, yeah, and you went to Florida State. He says, I don't regret it for a moment. I love my time at Florida State. I'm a knoll. And I hope that that shoulder can get back to 100% because that is a, a low-key good signing. That's one of those... UDFAs that have a real chance to vest and be a part of your active roster. A fully healthy Robert Cooper could be a force on first and second down for you. Not going to do much on third, but first and second down goal lines. I, he's got the skill and the strength, I think, to make it at the NFL if he's fully healthy. So think about what, I mean, he played the entire season hurt. I mean, virtually the entire season hurt and gave you the reps that he did. There were games where he was somewhat effective, even with that shoulder. Now, against the better teams, he really struggled. Usually at the start, and then, yeah, you know. Yeah, as it wore on, yep. he struggled mightily. But that is, that's tough, man. That had to hurt his draft prospects, and yet he did that. You want to talk about loving your program that you're playing for and the kind of culture we've talked a lot about. The other thing to note here, circling back to James Blackman, obviously he was very skinny, Uh his career could not have gotten off to a worse start. He was thrown into a terrible situation. I always rooted for that kid, and I will continue to root for that kid. There was something there in terms of a throwing motion that I always thought if you could get him right um, and he had any kind of confidence whatsoever, that he could maybe be something. I don't know about an NFL player, and we'll see, but there are a lot of bad backup quarterbacks bad quarterbacks that you watch in college that make practice rosters. There may be room for him somewhere. I hope so. I hope so, too. That is the first real example that I saw in covering Florida State where you watch the pressure mount on oh, a player. Slowly but surely. And it finally yeah. broke him. Was it at the Sun Bowl? Was that where he acted out? That was that was crazy. And man. he acted out in, in what was more of an indefensible manner where you're saying this is not what leaders do, James. You just, we can't have and this. And he had never shown signs of that. He snapped. Correct. And there had been moments, understandably I mean, the fans booing him on the sidelines. He's got teammates saying, "Hey, hang calm down, hang in there, James." It's just the way yeah, to, the yeah. way to the world was unfair. This is where the coaches get to skate, and the players are the ones that have to actually deal with the the invoices and pay the bills. That's the thing that sucked. Is Jimbo was the one that failed at his job, not James, but James is the one that had to deal with the brunt of everybody's dismay and the most high profile position. And that's how you're going to have to end up wearing it. The other thing, finally, last thing on the draft, and then we'll talk to Ira here. Uh, you could tell, obviously, 
what Florida State's been working with, where we're about to be, where we're coming out of. No shot at the kids. I'm not saying anything about Jamie Robinson going in the fifth round or anything like that. He had a great career here, played really, really hard. I think he'll make it and do just fine in the NFL. But obviously, the numbers tell you they didn't have a lot. They did not have a ton of talent here at all. And that's why it was so vitally important that they win those 10 games last year and we continue to raise the floor. And you now know, because we sat here and did the exercise not long ago, projecting how many draft picks for this next season, how many guys will get opportunities in the league that are currently on this roster. And you're talking about night and day from two years ago to where Florida State is now. It's it's quite a turnaround, and you and it will be represented, I believe, in the draft. Irashfell, Warchant.com, joins me as he's wont to do on Mondays. Hello, Ira. How are you, brother? I'm great, Jeff. How are you doing? Doing very well, man. Very well. I appreciate uh, you joining us as always. Let's take our listeners through what Florida State's going to do at safety, because I know you wrote about it on Warchant.com. Uh, man, if I knew the answer to that, though, <laughs> <I'd> be, uh, <laughs> they are going to have to find a couple, at least one or maybe two players. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's amazing. That position was not really a position of strength in terms of depth. You know, it's one of the few position, positions on defense that they don't have a lot of depth. And then two of your veteran kind of backups, uh, both went in the portal, Duke Cooper and Travis Jay. And um, I don't think, you know, I don't know that either one was a huge shock for Florida State. I think Travis Jay was probably a surprise. I don't think if they, if, if, if the coaches are being honest with themselves, I doubt they were too surprised about Duke Cooper. I mean, all of us who watched him practice and then talked to him in the spring, you could tell he was, he was trying to be a good soldier, making the move from corner to safety, but right. it's not what he wanted to do. And so it's not a shock that he would go on and move. And then, um, you know, with Travis Jay, I don't know that they expect him to go in the portal, but I also don't know how much you could really count on Travis Jay. I mean, he's been here for over four years and he's been eligible for two seasons and he wasn't healthy in the spring. So uh, I think that they were already in the process of getting at least one, maybe two guys in the portal, and they may have to move somebody else uh, from corner to safety as well. So I think that's going to be a work in progress, um, but it's it's probably it's it's leapfrogged anything else into uh, the position of, of biggest need. Yeah, and I know you mentioned um, that they would go after a guy like Jalen Key. Is he he's he at Ole Miss now? Is that what he's done? No, no, he's uh, yeah. He, excuse me. Yes, he's on official visit to Ole Miss right now. He's officially visiting Florida State this weekend. Okay. Uh, he released the top six. Uh, you know, Florida State should have the inside track. He went to high school here, played for Corey Fuller at two different schools. He played for Corey at Gadsden County, and he also played for Corey at Gobby. Yeah, so the connection there is great. Um, now, you know, other schools might be more attractive because Florida State ostensibly has two starting safeties uh, in Shaheen Brown and Keem Dent. That doesn't mean he couldn't beat them out, but another depth chart might look more appealing. Any other names that if we enter into the portal ourselves and research as we desperately look for that needed depth at safety uh, that might emerge as having either ties to the coaching staff or the area? Uh, you know, I mean, there's one or two kids from Florida that are at other schools, and I don't have the names off the top of my head. Sure. When you when you go to on three and you look at the, the portal players by position, there are some safeties that you could see them looking at. Um, I don't think it's a wealth of, 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 of candidates really right now. I think uh, this – and this, you know, the guys that enter the, the portal in the spring, at the end of spring practice, in a lot of cases are guys that lost starting jobs or uh, found out they're not going to be starting. So there's not a ton of attractive. It's not like in December where you're getting 
uh, a lot more big time players. So I think it's going to be more likely that you know a combination of maybe moving a player to that position and then also there may be grad transfers that come available during the summer um, who might be more attractive than maybe what's out there. But I think they've got a great chance at Jalen Key. If they get Jalen Key, and if say Nazaria Thomas or, or or somebody like that is is interested in the move to safety. You might be okay with that, even though I think you might need to get another one too. Yeah, I, I think it's interesting because I was just about to segue to Azari Thomas, who has the requisite length and size and athleticism. What is he, 6'2", 6'3", something like that? Yeah, yeah he, he could do that, you think. You feel like he could. Uh, I don't know how um, much he would welcome that move. I, I, I have no way of knowing that, I don't suppose. Maybe we can do an interview here soon with Adam Fuller, but I it, I know they wanted to move him inside, and I don't know you know how comfortable they would be also starting a player who we were all very impressed with in Quindarius Jones also. Yeah, yeah, and those guys definitely have the measurables. You know, I don't know. There's the idea of, of a Jarian Jones or Kevin Knowles or those guys, but you're talking about guys that are six foot at best, maybe under six foot. I don't, that's a tall ask, I think, um, you know, for a safety, especially if they're going to cover linebackers and um, so I, I, I'd be more inclined, excuse me, cover tight ends. Um, I'd be more inclined to get one of those longer guys, but, um, even then it's going to be somebody learning a new position. Uh, I would like to think that Azaria Thomas would be open to it. I, I don't never really good. You know, I don't really get the players that are objection, objecting to it. Like Duke Cooper, you know, he, maybe he didn't want to move there, but he wasn't going to start at corner and he, you know, there's a chance he probably wasn't going to play a lot. They're really deep at corner. Um, so you'd like to you know, think guys would just want to get on the field. Um, but, you know, everybody's got to make their own decisions. The good thing for Florida State is, you know, uh, Azari, you know, the, this portal window is closed. So, ostensibly, everybody you've got now will stay. Uh, you know, the, the only possibilities are, you know, guys that have graduated could look to jump in as, as grad transfers. Were you surprised by any of the seven that took it on down the road, as I say? Uh, I don't know that there was anybody that was shocking that entered their name into the portal, but there may have been some mild surprises. I'm not sure everybody expected Micah Pittman to do it. Right. Yeah. Now Micah Pittman's one that's kind of a head scratcher um, just because, you know, I don't know that he's a huge commodity on the, in the, on the port coming off of a hip surgery. Yeah. Uh, and I think, you know, being in the system, I think it, it might've made more sense for him to stay here, but you know, he's also a guy that, you know, with all of his, social media platforms and all that, he may think that he needs to be at a, at a higher level. You know, one of the things about him was, you know, when he complained about Oregon being a run-first offense, and they transferred to Florida State, it's like, well, these guys are going to run the ball too. A ton. And so that was kind of curious. I, I don't know if he's got the best, you know, plans mapped out for himself. Hopefully it works out for him. Uh, and then the other one to me, and probably won't have a huge impact, was Travis Jay, just because, you know, Mike Norvell has gone to bat for that kid. They've kept him on this, you know, not just him, but going back to, you know, Taggart staff. I mean, they've, they've kept him on this, in this program for over four years, including two years where he wasn't eligible. And basically you're just investing at that point in a kid because you want to see the best for him. And so now for him to jump in the portal, and I don't get the impression this was a situation where he was encouraged to leave or, or they were on board with him leaving. I think he just decided to leave. I don't know. That just kind of uh, rubs me the wrong way a little bit because I do think Florida State has gone. They've done so much for him, um, you know, hoping at one point there would be a return on that investment. Um, but, you know, he decided to go in the portal. So uh, we'll see how it works out for him. But I think he's a guy that it would have worked out better possibly for him here just because, you know, he's already been here so long. He's been in the system. He's practiced. 
Um, you know, he knows Adam Fuller. He knows the system. I think it would have been better for him to stay here. But, you know, again, everybody's got to make their own decision. My heart sunk when I saw the news. I've been championing that guy from the get-go, just hoping that yeah. somehow, some way, they get something out of that athleticism. Hey, how many times have we been burned on the War Chant Top 40 by Travis James? <laughs> I mean, never the again. Be the all-time leader in. Uh... Hey, so I, I got to tell you right now, just for fun, I want you to know, uh, I am going to put his name on my top forty for this year. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to do it for tradition's sake. It's going to happen. I'm going to have him, and Gene's going to go, "What the hell, Jeff? You got Travis J at 15? You're damn right. It's his year. It's going to happen." Talk to you later, brother. Be good. Thanks, Jeff Seaman. Yeah. I don't know ChappelleWarchant.com. Yeah, we have the Warchant top forty. Wow. This will be an interesting top 40 this year, though, because of all the shakeup and the amount of depth, the amount of guys that are yeah. capable. How do you order the defensive tackle quartet? That's a, the biggest challenge, I think. You know, Where do you put one, two, three, and four of those guys? Not where do they fit in the 40. It's just when you who is the most productive, who's the most important out of those four in that top group? Well, and also you have some volatility. Like, can you trust Daryl Jackson? He's been at two schools in two years. He's going to lock it in and play to his ability. You know, he's a real talent, but he's a guy that hasn't been able to stay focused. And Yeah, okay, so here's the exercise. Of those four guys, you got Fabian Lovett, Daryl Jackson, Josh Farmer, Braden Fisk. How would you order them? Did I just do it properly, or how would you hey, order them? How did You said Daryl Jackson, Fabian Lovett? I think I said Fabian, Daryl. Okay. I don't know what I said, but... I would. How about this? Here's how I would order them to start: Fabian. Yeah, I knew you were going to say that. Yeah, Farmer, Jackson, Fisk. All right. Well, we haven't seen Braden Fisk play at this level. That's why you got to put him forth. So he has, even if he's going to be a star, and he might be, he's got an endless motor. He's a guy that, and I don't say that cliche. He, that dude, I was so impressed in spring for a guy that was not able to go full contact. He was in full pads every day that he could be. Okay. Not all guys that can't go full contact are in full pads. He was in full pads every day, and they had him, obviously, just to condition him, do a ton of drills that involved a ton of running. Well, he's one of the guys that raced Mike Norvell every day. So this is a guy who was all in every day. Conditioning sucks. Conditioning's worse than being in the drills, the actual Oklahomas and things like that. That's fun. That's football. I get to hit you. You get to hit me. We get to get after it. I get to put my hands on you and, and try to – throw you around that's that's football running all the damn time well that's long distance that's track that's nonsense it sucks and he was running constantly so i give him all the credit in the world now again we don't know how he'll transition to this level so you're right you have to put him forth if it was solely based on ability and body type Dale jackson's number one and mm -hmm. i don't even think it's that close but I don't know that I trust Daryl Jackson at this point. I'm rooting for him. I think, obviously, it's in his best interest to get locked in, get focused. If he does, he could be a first-round draft pick. There aren't many people that look like him that can do what he can in terms of size and speed and all that. But because I can't trust him, I have to put him two. Yeah, I could see, too. The thing is, I think with Fabian and or Daryl Jackson on the field, we'll remove Fisk because he's an unknown. I think that means that Josh Farmer, by nature, is going to get a lot of one-on-one -on -one matchups, which means that he's got a chance to be more productive. And I do believe part of the criteria of the Warchant Top 40 is production, your projection about what they're actually going to do. 
And I think Farmer might actually show up in the defensive box score a little bit more than those other guys. Even though somebody who takes on a double team is more important. Right, that's what I was saying. When you're looking at TFLs and tackles, Farmer has a real big chance this year to have a ton of production. That's why we were a little disappointed when all the fiasco was going down there and we had to live through the 48, 72 hours, whatever it was. Feels like a year ago. Good Lord. Just glad Sunday came and went. Uneventful, buddy. Chef Cameron Show 93.3 Real Talk Radio War Chant TV. This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. The Jeff Cameron Show, brought to you by Orange Theory Fitness, two Tallahassee locations, Midtown on Thomasville Road, and Northside in the Village Common Shopping Center. Online at orangetheoryfitness.com. Remember you and I talking about the advancements in sports medicine and science and the rehab process. And you raised the John Desai, I think, at one point. Who was it? Was it Wes uh, Welker? Yes, your favorite. Wes Welker returned to action after an ACL in what felt like thirty days. It wasn't, but it felt that way. It was crazy how quickly Wes Welker was back on the field, and you thought, hmm, that is remarkable. I had said the same thing about Peterson at running back after his ACL when he came back, and admittedly. I think he just threatened his knee with a switch, and then his knee got in line. Yeah, I remember the uh, reasons for our frustrations with uh, him making his way back. I think it was because he was one of the rare players based on him having beaten his child with a switch uh, that we rooted for his continued discomfort. We wanted him to be uh, permanently injured, I believe is what we said. But fast forward all this time later, and we routinely see people returning from injuries that just five years ago could end their career at the very least, lead to somebody not being really capable of playing professionally for at least a year. And now guys return, in this case, I'm drawing attention to Bryce Harper. He could return to the Phillies lineup tomorrow. 160 days after having Tommy John surgery. 160 days. How is that even possible? I don't, I don't know anybody personally, like friends or family that have had Tommy John surgery. It sounds fairly in depth. I know that I joked about the fact that, and I joked because he's fine, but my, one of my brothers played college soccer and, and many years later, he was still playing soccer and he ripped his knee to shreds playing indoor soccer, ACL, MCL, gone. And 
It was in the 90s, and he had a prolonged rehab. He's a good athlete, and he was in shape. Prolonged recovery. It was in the hospital for a long time. A very invasive surgery, the whole deal. And now you got guys with ACLs coming back in time to, you know, they don't miss the, the start of the next season, and the injury happens in season. What an amazing time in sports medicine. Bryce Harper, 160 days removed, sir. Well, I think part of that is he does not need to pitch, and he's going to play first base. So outside of turning a 3-6-3 or coming home on a, you know, or DH, grounder, he can DH, yeah. Because he could hit when it was busted up as an arm anyway. I think that helps the, the, the term of the recovery process. I don't think he could play outfield right now. Director Matthew could probably correct me. There's no way that he could catch a fly ball and right and then try to gun a runner at the plate if he's tagging. I just that's that couldn't be possible. But first base is a unique position along with DH to help aid the process. So I think that's part of it. I, I just I that it's amazing. There the list of people that come back now from injuries that a year ago or five years ago I should say meant you were gone for a year or two. I have an article from the period of time in which Wes Welker recovered in under eight months from ACL recovery. Yeah. Under eight months. You weren't buying it. Full contact drills within eight months of the injury. And he credited maniacal Tom Brady with helping along the process. The pliability? Quote, we'd be out there working and he'd tell people he's good. He can do that. I ran a lot of routes. My body and legs would be getting tired. And he'd say, okay, let's run a go here. Or one more set of metabolics. And I'd look at him like, really? Are you kidding me? And Tom Brady was not kidding. That's from NBC Connecticut back in the day. That sounds exactly right. You could do that. You can run that route. Tom. It worked. He did come back. It worked. <laughs> it worked. You can't get mad at him. It did work. I mean, I would have laughed if he had come back and in the first game blew his knee out. You'd be like, damn it, Tom. We tried to tell you this ain't hocus pocus. None of your water. You and Russell Wilson. It's your space blanket sheets. <laughs> yeah, man. This is not what we do. It's a tendon. It's a ligament. It's a muscle. It's a bone. No, he can do it because I need him to. That's why he can do it because I need him to do it. He will. Oh. Powering performance. Not quite like Tom Brady, but nonetheless, your kids will play better when they go to Power Mill Training Academy. Make it happen. I promise you nobody at Power Mill is going to tell your kid with a broken arm he can do it. They're going to make you wait to recover from that broken arm before we engage in this summer's baseball camp or softball camp. I'd continue the read and the probables and not look at the Oscar Pistorius comment in the chat. Oh, I'm going to look at the Oscar Pistorius. <laughs> That's a great, great line. Good. Oh, what they could have done to prevent a whole lot of sadness. TPE coming through again. Programs for every player at Power Mill, camps, softball, baseball, you name it. They've got the training program uh, program, and the instructors to help your son or daughter get the most out of their playing days. That's what you want. You want everybody to be able to be their best so they can have some fun. Do it. Do it. Power Mill. Now, if you would, Probables. It's time for, how you say, with the pitching, uh, Probables? <laughs> Uh, top six, Atlanta leads New York six to four. Spencer Strider, Denny Reyes. Wow. We're within two runs of a Strider-Denny Reyes start. Denny Reyes didn't last out of the second inning. 
You're battling back, Come on, buddy. Spencer, what the hell's wrong with you, chump? I think, by the way, you've got uh, game two tonight, right? Yes, we were. I think we were putting the eggs in the basket for game two by starting Denny Reyes in game one. Charlie Morton going to go for the Braves. Morton! Tyler McGill goes for the Mets. Cubs, Nats, Drew Smiley, Mackenzie Gore. We got Guardians, Yankees, Cal Quantrill, Domingo Herman. Blue Jays, Red Sox, Jose Barrios, Corey Kluber, Giants, Astros, Ross Stripling, Luis Garcia, Reds, Padres. Hey, Luke Weaver. Come on, Luke. Blake Snell going to start for the Padres. He of the thoroughly unlikable Snell family. 0-4 with a 5-4-8. Sucking. He was really good in that World Series start, though. He was great. He was really good with the Rays, period. Phillies, Dodgers, Tawan Walker, and Tony Gonsolin. And that is a look at those that shall reside on the bump. When my Buckos face the Rays tomorrow, I don't know who's going to be on the hill, and neither team does. It is a TBA for the Bally Sports Extravaganza. You and Millar are going to have a side wager? We should. Two best teams in baseball tangling. Before uh, legal gummies. Maybe that's what you could have the wager for. <laughs> we got Braves Marlins tomorrow. We've got, you know, what I'm enjoying so far is the struggle that is the New York Yankees. What a shame. What a shame. It's a huge payroll to see such mediocrity. They're having some issues, are they? Yeah, just hovering around 500 there, struggling to score. Just all that money. Finding ways to struggle, lose games. It's tragic. It's tragic. I didn't know oh, I did mention Domingo Herman tonight for the uh, for the Yankees. They need to uh, maybe use some of those Bob Nutting economics in the Bronx. Maybe that'll get him farther. Oh, Bob is uh, right now. He's feeling good. He's he's at the games. He's showing himself at these games now. Oh, he, for a long time oh. he wasn't. Yeah, he's out there waving at folks. Yeah, brought Kutch back. I knew he was going to be great this year. We saw it. He was going to rekindle the magic from seven, eight years ago. He's Jimmy Dugan in a league of their own. Yeah. Chris Myers. That's He's right. still, that's right, guys. That's yeah. Right. yeah. And uh, we, we paid Brian Reynolds. He's out here kicking ass, as I knew he would. That's why we ponied up the hard-earned money that I've saved. For you, the city of Pittsburgh, and its loyal fans, this great ballpark. Come out and watch the winningest team in the National League. Why don't you? All hail me, Bob Nutting. <laughs> what a name. Yeah. Robert. Robert Nutting. I do um <laughs> It's like you're off to you're off to a good start with the first name Robert. Strong, strong, and then Nutting. Oh no. Well it went from it went had from financial all throughout advisor, middle school, I'm sure. It went, well, sure. Probably still. But he it went from financial firm to used car salesman. Yeah. You know? No offense to the Nutting families out there that are listening to the show. I'm also tired of the, uh, this is an aside, I'm tired of the Philadelphia Eagles winning the draft here. This has got to stop. I mean, it, why does it, nobody else understand you can just draft Georgia defensive players and you win? Only the Eagles figure that out over and over again? Every one of them? Just, is there, like, that's the easiest job in the world if you're a GM. Jason, Jason, we're up. We're on the clock. It's the Bucks. We got. We, we need a pick. Is there a Georgia defensive player available? Yes, there's several. Grab one of them. That works. A plus plus. Second round. Who you like? 
Any more Georgia defenders available? Yes, there's two. Grab one of them. Let's go. We're rolling down, baby. That's the Eagles, and they it's it's good. Over and over and over again. It's good. Good work out of you. Sorry about my nose. I can't breathe. See you on the smash at 9 to 7 o'clock? No. I'm just kidding. I know. It's me and Ira. Hey, it'll be fun. You and Ira kicking ass tonight on the smash. Warchant TV. Good job, Director Matthew. Be well, everybody. Peace. Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at caskers.com.